grace and peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. you. Let's turn and greet one another. Lord, uh, we do thank you that this is your church, that you are the head of the body and you've incorporated each one of us as members of the body of Christ. We pray that your Holy Spirit will rest upon us this morning. We thank you for the work, the fellowship, the service, the mission of this congregation to the ends of the earth. Bless us now as we do your work. May you be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Please join me for our call to worship. Oh, thank God. He's so good. His love never runs out. All you set free by God, tell the world. Tell how he freed you from oppression then rounded you up from all over the place, from the four winds, from the seven seas. Some of you wandered for years in the desert, looking but not finding a good place to live, hell-starved and parched with thirst, staggering and stumbling on the brink of exhaustion. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Then... In your desperate condition, you called out to God. He got you out in the nick of time. He put your feet on a wonderful road that took you straight to a good place to live. So thank God for His marvelous love, for His miracle mercy to the children He loves. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for He is good, for His steadfast love endures forever. Lift high your praises when the people assemble, and shout out your praises when the elders meet. Amen. Let us stand and worship the living God. Psalm 103, bless. 
bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh soul, bless the Lord. merciful Savior, you are the one we adore.
pray. O Christ, out of your fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. You are our eternal hope. You are patient and full of mercy. You are generous to all who call upon you. The sacrifice acceptable to God is a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. O Lord, you desire truth in our inward being. Teach us wisdom in our secret heart. Send out your light, send out your truth, and let them lead us to our home. Take from us the weight of our sin, that room might be made for the spirit of truth. If we prepare a place, that spirit will abide within us. The truth will set our spirits free. Then shall we love not only in word or in speech. Then shall we love in deed and in truth. And by this know that our service is faithful. O Lord, you desire truth in our inward being. Teach us wisdom in our secret heart, and hear now our silent confessions. For we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. My friends, return to the Lord, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. In Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Amen. you now, uh, the Reverend Jim Seiler. He is the pastor of Laguna Niguel Presbyterian Church, colleague of mine in the Presbytery, representing the Committee on Ministry. Jim and I are in a covenant group together, and so uh, we come together as friends today, and uh, um, we're delighted to be able to work along with Jim during this process. So, Jim, you're the moderator, and you have the privilege of declaring uh, a quorum. Well, actually, we'll give the clerk the privilege of declaring the quorum here in a few minutes. Okay. Jerry, thank you so much for your gracious welcome. It's a joy, uh, great joy for me to be here with you. Yes, I come representing the Presbytery. I come representing the Committee on Ministry. But I also come as a, as a pastor of a church that feels some level of indebtedness to you because you played a significant role in the chartering uh, the founding of our church, and we are so very thankful. So it is a great joy to be here in service to you in reflection of that. It's also a joy to be in service to my friend and fellow Covenant Group member, Jerry Tankersley. I've been the beneficiary of his wisdom and experience and good humor for over a year. And I can only imagine what it's been like for you now for 46 years as you have been the recipients of his ministry here. So there's much to be thankful for as we gather. My hope is that this is not just a business meeting, that we might actually sense the presence of God, the work of the Holy Spirit, 
in this uh, process as well. So we, we pray uh, that the Holy Spirit will bless us and will guide us, that we might have a tangible sense of his presence in this experience. Please join with me in prayer. Gracious God, we thank you for this Sabbath day, a day to pause, a day to rest, a day to remember that you are our God and the source of every rich blessing in our life. We thank you for your son Jesus, whose name we proclaim, and for your Holy Spirit that brings wisdom and strength and clarity in times of trial and weakness. We ask, loving God, that you would bless and guide these proceedings. May they reflect the love and appreciation that we have for your faithful servant, Jerry, and indeed for his entire family. And may this process support and guide the work of your church as well. It is in this, your son's name that we pray. Amen. Madam Clerk, do we have a quorum? Thank you very much. Understanding that we have a quorum now, we, we uh, proceed to the business of our meeting. We've been called into meeting for the purpose of hearing a request from the Reverend Dr. Jerry Tankersley concerning his service here. Jerry, would you please bring your request to the body? Yes, uh, I request that uh, you approve a motion that I be, um, and the Presbytery will have to confirm this, that I be honorably retired as a Presbyterian pastor. Uh, not retired from ministry at large, but retired from being the pastor of Laguna Presbyterian Church, a relationship that began 46 years ago on June the 4th, I think it was, and uh, for which I am deeply grateful. So I would present the motion to you. Do, is there a second? Before I open up, <laughs> reluctantly, of course. Before I open up the floor for some questions, I'd like to invite Gus Altazera to come up to outline the financial terms of the dissolution. Good morning. You know, it's amazing to be standing up here uh, to talk about financial terms for Pastor Jerry after 46 years of service. Um, you know, I don't know if there's uh, anything large enough, but for the legalities that we have to go through and the policy of the church, uh, Jerry will receive his uh, salary through the end of June, and he is also going to be receiving uh, 60 days of vacation that he is entitled for. That's it for now, but, you know, we have a few months I know that uh, we are all appreciative of uh, Jerry's service to us, and I know that uh, we will give him um, something that really shows our appreciation over the next few months. So I invite you all to think about it, and uh, we will come together and we will celebrate. Celebrate great service, great leadership, and a tremendous amount of love that we feel from him. Thank you. Gus stipulates the, and, and that's actually a state requirement that, uh, that we receive any accrued vacation upon our dismissal. We have a motion, we have a second. I wanna refer you to, I hope it's in your packet, the executive summary the Boundaries Covenant, Separation Ethics. 
There's just a whole host of, of documents there that are meant to help outline for you exactly what this process is all about. It is, it's a process that's gonna seem cumbersome, not seem, it is cumbersome, and it is lengthy, but I can tell you, as a pastor who's gone through it himself, as, a, as an associate pastor at several churches who went through this process, I can tell you the churches that seek to shortchange, to short circuit this, inevitably create issues for the pastor that comes in. But the churches that honor the process, the churches that recognize that this process is, the, is an accumulation of decades of wisdom, hundreds if not thousands, if not tens of thousands of pastors who have gone through this process have, have put this thing together so that the church is in the best possible position to receive its new pastor. We'll, we will have an interim in place. Our hope is to have that interim as, as closely to July 1st as possible. That will be a well-experienced, well-vetted individual who will be particularly gifted and talented to lead us through the interim process. Uh, and again, we hope those documents can kind of outline that for you. I'll talk a little bit more about that search team here in just a few minutes. But we have a motion, we have a second, and now we have the opportunity for questions from the floor. Entertain any questions? Folks, at my ordination exam on the floor of the Presbytery in New England, it was just like this. The moderator asked for questions and there were crickets. <laughs> and then a good friend of mine, really and honestly good friend of mine, stood up and said, Jim, I can't have you have your ordination exam with no questions. So let me throw you a softball. And he threw me a great softball. It was the only question in my entire ordination exam. This is the only time Jerry will do this in front of a congregation. So I just want to make sure, are there any questions regarding this process? Yes, please. The question is, how does the Presbytery, how does the denomination support its retired pastors? Our retirement is, is based upon um, what we put into it every year over the course of our ministry. Um, I, I can tell you that there aren't many ministers who have contributed to his denominational pension plan as long as Jerry has. <laughs> and that's a great blessing. So that is to say that, that, I, that my guess is, without getting too nosy in his finances, that that he will have an certainly have an adequate pension. There is, the denomination does have assistance for those whose um, retirements are not adequate. And in fact, the Christmas joy gift is one of the ways that the denomination helps offset inadequate clergy pensions. Does that answer your question? Thank you. I would, <clears throat> let me add <laughs> that... Um, Maybe it's not adequate. No, no, there's a, we have a board of pensions that is probably the finest church retirement program of any denomination. And so we are all, as, uh, as retired pastors, very grateful that for each year we've served, the congregations that we have served have, uh, along with our salary and housing and that sort of thing, 
the congregations have also contributed a certain percentage of that amount uh, to the Board of Pensions. So <clears throat> we're grateful, um, and we are simply trusting that that will be adequate, and we believe that it will be. And we're grateful that you have, along the way, supported that effort. Thanks, Jerry. More questions? The short answer to that is no. The, the question is, can one of our associate pastors be the interim? Um, there are actually churches that have done that. I was on a staff where the senior <clears throat> associate served as interim, and we found it to be profoundly unhelpful. The, it's difficult to help assess the system if you've been a part of the system. <clears throat> An interim comes in with specific training, with, with specific skills and abilities to help lead this congregation to a point where it's ready for its new pastor. And it's very, very difficult for an existing associate to do that. And that's why the strong guidance of the Presbytery is, is to not do that. More hands. We are... Um, we basically get things like our medical from Medicare retirement. That you can purchase those, yes, they're available to us. Beth? Great question. It, it's, it's not, the question was, what's the typical length of term that you can expect an interim to serve? I think you can look at uh, the minimum of one year because, um, again, there's just a series of objectives that they will lead you through. Um, it, can it can take, I know churches that it's taken them three and a half years, but, I, but that there's, there's no reason to expect that kind of a lengthy process here. That's typically been churches that are tremendously conflicted and split and polarized. That is not the case here. So I think you can expect somewhere between one and two years would be a, a reasonable expectation for this church. What happens at the interim, at the end of the interim period is your, you will, at the beginning of, well, roughly the beginning of the interim period, you will call a, a pastor nominating committee. That pastor nominating, pastor nominating committee will go through a search process, and then at the end of that process, will recommend a new uh, head of staff for you. Um, the Presbytery has to sign off on that, um, but that's what happens at the end is you'll have a new head of staff. I know there are several folks have already asked the question, are our current associates eligible to be the next head of staff? The Book of Order makes provision for that. It recognizes that that's a difficult assignment uh, and not always in the best interest of the church, but it does make provision for it, uh, and it takes a supermajority of the presbytery to agree that, that that associate can be in place, but there is a provision for it. Are you saying Los Rancheros Presbytery? Yes, Los Rancheros Presbytery. Does the interim pastor ever become permanent pastor? It's supposed to be no. <laughs> Are there exceptions where that happens? Yes. But again, then that takes the same kind of supermajority vote of the Presbytery for, for that to happen. But that's it's a pretty rare occurrence. Because again, it's a different skill set. 
your interim pastor will, will have hopefully been a part of several of these and will be looking for several more to be a part of after he or she leaves this church. Special training, special abilities, not necessarily the best person to carry on as the new head of staff. More questions, these are great. Supermajority is 75% of the Presbytery. Aren't you blessed? <laughs> sure. Sure. The question is, basically, since you haven't been through this process in 46 years, what's the, what's the, uh, what's the purpose, what's the role of the interim? Uh, in your documents, there's a transitional document that actually outlines that in great specificity. But in shorthand, there are a set of objectives that an interim will lead you through, studying who you are, studying where you serve, studying where you might go, looking at your history, looking at your connection to the denomination, will lead you through exercises to do all of those things, to kind of take a good look at who you are. It's called a mission study. That mission study then serves as, as a foundational document for the creation and then the work of the pastor nominating committee. And again, your interim helps guide that entire process. They create space. Because the reality is, it's, it's, this is difficult for Jerry to retire. It's difficult for you. And so you need space, space to grieve, space to, to, to uh, express gratitude and thanks, but then also space to get ready to receive this new person, and that interim helps you create that space. Is that helpful? I, I thought I saw a hand over here, and then I'll, then I'll go right back over here. Yes. Yes, you do. Uh, the decision, the, the questions were the presbytery votes, yes. Uh, but then the congregation votes, and what's the process for that, and is it a written ballot? Did I catch that right? It's like any congregational meeting, it'll be a simple majority vote, and it'll be according to the, to the tradition of this body. Some churches use written ballot, some churches do a voice vote. It, it'll, it'll, it'll be uh, dependent upon what your session recommends for you to do in terms of that vote. Is that, Gus, I, I see your hand, but I saw back here for, yes. Yes. Thank you. We, we are members, I say we, all, the question was, for some folks, this whole pre well, presbytery might be a new concept, a new idea, a new name that we're not familiar with. And so uh, I thought maybe it might be helpful to talk a little bit about what presbytery is. Presbytery is a geographical grouping of Presbyterian churches and new church developments in a particular area. We are the members of Los Ranchos Presbytery. It's essentially Orange, Orange County, essentially. Um, a number of churches that gather together in support and prayer for one another. A, a, a grouping of churches that try to conduct ministry on a presbytery level that, that individual churches perhaps couldn't carry off all by themselves. 
But a presbytery also helps its individual members. The only reason why I'm here, quite frankly, is because of the presbytery. This is a, a sign of, of what it means to be a connectional church. We work together. And so I have actually, gosh, how many meetings have we had? Six or seven or eight meetings already that I've been a member of um, to help guide in this process so that, it, so that it's fruitful. I think, you know, is it, is it institutional? Yes. Is it a higher council? Yes. But I, I would suggest that, that really at, at its best, it is the kind of the extension of the family. You know, we have immediate family, but then we have extended family. And the presbytery, when it works best, is extended family, helping and supporting and caring for. Does that answer the question? Thanks for that. Now, I, I saw Gus, and then we'll come back here. Yes. The question is, when the congregation votes for the new head of staff, he's assuming that it's before. Uh, in my case, it was not. Um, I, was, I went before the committee on ministry, was examined, was passed. Uh, I then started, started my service in September and wasn't in front of Presbytery for several weeks. Uh, in that case, obviously, they're simply acting on the, on the motion of Committee on Ministry to approve. It, it's all going to depend on timing. If, if we're able to get this work done right before a Presbytery meeting, it could happen. Chances are it might be after the fact. But important nonetheless. Okay, I saw here and then, and then back to here. Good question. Uh, the Presbytery is made up of all the teaching elders, pastors like myself, and ruling elders from churches in the Presbytery. So that's who, it's elders and pastors making those votes. Okay. One more question. Sure. What happens to our assistant committee? Uh, sure. Well, thank goodness we're in a new day. I, I can tell you when I, when I was first ordained, and Kathy and Steve probably remember this, the first day that a, that, a, that a head of staff showed up, we put our resignations on his or her table and invited them to keep them or to reject them. We don't do that anymore. Thank goodness. Uh, we've learned that that kind of dislocation is not good for the church. And so Kathy and Steve will continue to serve as called. Back here, and then you, sir. No. Um, will That's actually a really important question, and we're going to address that after the vote in a specific act itself. That's a great question, though. So can I just kind of put you on hold? Sure. Thanks. I saw back here, then I'll, I promise I'll do you next, sir. You know what? That's going to depend on you. Um, the question was, what happens to the membership, the attendance of the church? Quite frankly, that's going to depend on you. To the extent that this is your church and you're a part of this process and you continue to feel a, a commitment and a drive and a, a, a blessing to be in worship, there can be no change whatsoever in terms of attendance. Now, 
Can attendance dip? Sure it can. I will tell you from my predecessor at, at Laguna Niguel, attendance actually went up. Now, not a lot, but it actually went up. Um, at Carmel, which was my previous church in North Carolina, uh, attendance went up during the interim period. So it, it, it can go either way, but the ball's in your court. That is your decision to make. And, I, and just pray for the right one. I, I promise I'd see you next. Roughly 200, maybe, 175 to 200. Would you give a rough guess? Quite frankly, it depends on, on, on how early in the day that meeting is. <laughs> and uh, to be honest, um, my guess is the respect and the honor that Jerry holds in this Presbyterian, there'll be a lot of us who want to be here to, to be a part of that vote. So, okay, I, I saw... This gentleman back here. It both and. We, uh, our stated clerk has given to us a list of names. We've already received some names from members of the congregation, and we would encourage you, if you have names that you think would be good. Now, they have to fit a certain basic minimum, uh, training level, but if you have names that you think are good, they're good, I would strongly urge you to give those names to a member of the search committee, and we'll identify those here in just a second. I saw, here we go, and then Kathy. Sure. Uh, the job of the interim search committee is to pray is to discern who it is that God has in mind to serve as the interim for this church. They will then make a recommendation to session, and session makes that higher. Kath? Good. Good. Please come up and talk about those. Yeah, don't be bashful. Yeah, you got a mic. I don't think it's on. Thank you, David. Uh, so uh, we couldn't do any planning until you knew about his retirement, even though we knew uh, earlier. So uh, at session, la this last session meeting, they, they wondered who should be the celebration committee. And of course, we already have a party committee, the membership fellowship committee. And so we have gathered some additional people to it and begun to do some research. Uh, there will be deacon home gatherings. There'll be about eight of them that you'll be seeing, I hope, by next Sunday, I can give you the schedule for that, that you can attend smaller gatherings to talk to Jerry and to appreciate him. Um, there will also be a big celebration event. We are just about to put our deposit down for June 4th, Jerry, at El Miguel Country Club oh, um, for a lovely dinner. In my neck of the woods. <laughs> Thank you, that's helpful. Ed. Uh, the question is, there's been discussion about a love gift. What is that? It's really exactly what it implies. A, lo a love gift is a material offering given to Jerry that, it, that ends up being kind of a cash gift to him from the congregation, a reflection of thanks for his service, appreciation for all that he's done. Um, you know, there's tax implications, all that kind of stuff, but you can worry about that down the road. But that's essentially what a love gift is. 
good clarity. But Ed's, Ed's request was to clarify for you that the interim search team is not the pastor nominating team. It's not to say that there, there can't be individuals on that team that can't move to the PNC, but they are not the PNC. Once the interim is in place, their job is complete and we'll, we'll dissolve them with our blessing and thanks. I saw another hand. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, the question was, once they get down to a kind of final grouping of candidates, will they come here and try out for you and preach for you? Um, no. <laughs> um, we are kinder to them than that. No, it, it's actually a really good question. They will preach at a neutral pulpit, um, and, and the PNC will have an opportunity to see that person live preaching. Um, my PNC at Laguna Niguel, actually, there was one representative that actually flew to Charlotte and spent a weekend with our church, seeing me preach in that context relating to my folks. My guess is your PNC might very well do that as well. Um, but, but the first time you see that person will be when this is the individual and you'll you will hopefully have had some kind of you know get to know you events beforehand uh and then they they'll preach that day um for you uh, but no they don't get a you don't they don't get a tryout sermon here for that it's it's a reasonable question but no we don't do that yes sir <laughs> Thankfully, the Holy Spirits are our electoral college, and we're going to trust the spirits in all this process. Um, they'll line up in positive votes. I, in 30 years, I've seen one person get turned down by the presbytery uh, as, as opposed to the congregation. Um, in that particular case, there were extreme extenuating circumstances for why that happened and was probably a good decision. You know, we believe that call is confirmed not only here, but in community. It's a part of our whole ordination process. Uh, churches bring candidates forward, but presbyteries vote on them. So, um, so it's, it's, that kind of presbytery vote, congregational vote, is an extension of recognizing call individually and calling community as well. It's an important connection. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Here, here's why, it's a great question. And, and again, these are perfectly reasonable questions. But remember, that's your, that, the question was, can we put them on YouTube so that you could see them? There's a couple reasons why you, why you don't do that. First of all, the, the PNC, this church will get dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of applicants. This will be a well-sourced uh, PNC. Um, but, but there's a degree of confidentiality around that, because remember, it, it's not just for you, but it's also for that pastor who's searching. Let, let's say... Um, 
let's say we, we put, we'll use Jerry as an example. Jerry's back at 36 years old again, applying to Laguna Niguel, or excuse me, Laguna. Uh, and we put Jerry on YouTube, the version of it back then. His home church is going to flip out about, oh my goodness, we love him, we can't let him go. So there's a, so there's a degree of confidentiality that has to go on around that. Um, it, it, can't, it can't get back to home churches. It can't get to other churches that the pastor might be in conversation with. So we, we really need to maintain a, a certain level of confidentiality around this work. There was one up front here, and then we'll go to the back. Sure. Sure. We're going to look for an interim. Oh, new head of staff. You know what? Your PNC will take the mission study and will put together a, a, a job description and a, and a set of things that they're looking for. I don't want to presuppose what that might be. Just in general, you know, experience level, capabilities, education, you know, things like that. But that will really, really be gener generated by your PNC. And, and you'll have access to all that information when that happens. Towards the back, I saw a hand, I thought. No? Oh, yeah, here we go. Who determines and how is it determined their salary? That's the, the compensation will be, a, will be a, a session decision. It's a session hire. Um, the general recommendation of the presbytery is that their effective salary needs to be comparable to the pastor who has left. I wanted to mention, having been on um, an associate's pastor nominating committee on Kathy's, <laughs> there's one little thing we haven't talked about, and that we're, we're talking about what we need and what we want. Um, we also, as a church, out of the mission study, fill out a church information form, which is our resume, who we are as a people, and that it becomes a match then, um, you know, do they think they're bringing the gifts uh, that we need, and um, anyway, it's just, it's a two-way process, it's not just a one-way process, that's what I wanted to say. Also, thanks, Beth, that's really helpful for you to do that. Also, let's remember the motion on the floor is to agree with the motion for Jerry to retire. I'm willing to stay after the business meeting is over as long as you need me to stay. Um, I don't have anything until 4.30. Hopefully it's not any later than that. But I will stay and answer these kinds of questions about the PNC afterwards if we could maybe keep this to the motion that's in front of us. It might be helpful. Any other questions about the motion that's in front of us? I got to tell you, this gives you a little insight in my mind. About 3 o'clock in the morning, I woke up with that very question in my mind. What am I going to do if this congregation says no? As the spirit leads. Any, yes, ma'am.
Very much so. Thank you for saying that. Yeah, our, our, my job as the Committee on Ministry is, is not to be the, the heavyweight, although that comes kind of easily for me. Um, my, my job is to support you and, and to help you thrive. That's the context in which I'm, I, I'm here. And so really that's a kind of extension of the Presbytery's mindset. We want to support you and help you, help you to be all that God wants this church to be. I think we're ready to move to the vote. Um, the motion is to dissolve the pastoral relationship between Laguna Presbyterian Church and the Reverend Dr. Jerry Tankersley, effective June 30th. The financial terms of dissolution, again, essentially uh, the payment of Jerry's accrued vacation has been outlined. All in favor of the motion say aye. Aye. Opposed say no. The, the, motion, the motion carries. Uh, we also have, as a part of this process, we have a thing called, and again, it's in your package, called the Separation Ethics Policy, as well as the Boundaries Covenant. Um, you probably don't have time to read all that right now in terms of the Separation Ethics Policy, but it's a, it's a document that's meant to provide guidance for us during a, a really emotionally heavy time you know, that will be Jerry's departure and then the interim period for the church. The document is meant to help us understand the need for space. We talked about that a little bit earlier. Space for the church uh, and space for the new pastor coming in. It's also meant, and really I think this is at the core, it's, it's meant to help create here this fertile, hopeful place where a new pastor then can come in, take root, and thrive. And isn't, and isn't that really what we all want? Jerry is required to read to you the expectations of the Boundaries Covenant, um, and then he will, after having read it to you, he will sign it. The clerk will also sign it, and we'll have a, we'll have a chance for you to ask any questions about the Boundaries Covenant. But Jerry, can I invite you to read that to us? Okay, you have it in your bulletin, and I'd invite you to follow along as, as I read it. Uh, we have worked on this, and uh, this is required by Presbytery, and it's sort of modeled after the document that, that they have given to us. So I read it. This covenant will guide the future relationship between the Reverend Dr. Jerry Tankersley, here and after referred to as the pastor, and the Laguna Presbyterian Church of Laguna Beach, California, here and after referred to as the church who both understand and accept the terms of this covenant in order that the relationships with new pastoral staff can develop in positive ways. This covenant is designed to set healthy boundaries in the process of separation from any further pastoral duties as of June 30th, 2018. Both pastor and session on behalf of the congregation mutually agree to support the following conditions of the covenant. One, 
As of the above date, the pastor will relinquish all pastoral and administrative duties and will no longer function as part of the pastoral or administrative team of the church. Two, the pastor is determined to be supportive of future pastor and lay leadership of the church and will refuse to receive or participate in any negative comments, conversations, or activities that might undermine any program or person of the church. Three, any future contacts that may occur between the pastor and the congregation will be as friends and as good citizens of the community and not in a pastor parishioner relationship. The pastor will not participate in weddings, funerals, baptisms, nor engage in any hospital or pastoral visitation or serving of Holy Communion until at least one year after the installation of the new pastor. This is intended to allow the new pastoral relationship to develop. Exceptions to this provision will be listed below. Four, future participation for the pastor in the life of the church will not occur until at least one year after the installation of the new pastor. That participation will occur at the invitation and in support of the new pastor. This provision does not apply to the spouse of the pastor or any other family member. Exception addendum to the boundaries provisions. One, the pastor will be allowed to participate in or attend any worship service held as an act of pastoral care for the pastor's family. This will include weddings, funerals, baptisms, and special recognitions of the pastor's family members. The interim or installed pastor will be informed of the pastor's intention to attend prior to the service. Two, in the event of an unforeseen family event, the pastor reserves the right to renegotiate exceptions to this boundary covenant. This covenant is offered to the church for the sole purpose of strengthening the ministry of the church in the future. It grows out of a deep gratitude for the special relationship that develops between pastor and congregation. In signing, the parties indicate a commitment to abide by the above boundaries covenant and that they have received, understand, and will abide by the separation ethics policy of the Presbytery of Los Ranchos. The clerk will sign, I will sign, moderator of the Committee on Ministry will sign, stated clerk of the, of the Presbytery, next installed pastor, and it will be dated. I believe that's it. I invite you to sign the document, please, Madam Clerk. And then, uh, what would you expect from Jerry? 
I want to attain the possibility or the potential of any questions regarding the Boundaries Covenant. And Jerry, Jerry, maybe you can stay up here with me and help explain this. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> I, I can't hear you, Linda. The question was, can, can Jerry attend his services if you promise not to bug him? Um, again, I understand the heart, but you, no, you can't. Sir? I decided to go to the men's retreat this year. Uh, because I figured Jerry would be there. Mm -hmm. uh, is the men's retreat, if he's just one of the boys, going to be a problem? I'm sorry, say, say the tail end again? It, when he goes to the men's retreat, he's not a pastor. He's just one of the guys. But he cannot. I tried. <laughs> I, I did not prompt that question. Folks, this is a part, this is a part of creating that space. And while it's, it might be hard to accept at this point, it's really in the long run for your benefit as much as it is for Jerry's benefit. Any other questions about the Boundaries Covenant? I only want to add that... Um... I intend to uh, continue as your friend in this community. And while I will not be worshiping here for some period of time, it's likely that you'll see members of my family that are here. And uh, we are so grateful for the pastoral care of this congregation for us. Um, I fully endorse this boundaries uh, and uh, the, the ethics, separation ethics, I think this helps resolve a lot of issues that could develop. So um, sooner or later, I may show up here after a new pastor has been fully established, and uh, he or she invites me to do so. So, but uh, I hope we're going to continue to live in this community. We own our home here, and um, I just hope that uh, we can make this work so that we can be friends and just know that I in no way am going to try to shape who the next pastor is going to be um, or say anything that might at all be detrimental for any program or anything else. So I think you know that after 46 years of service, my one ambition is that for this congregation to flourish and to grow and that all that we've done in these last 15 to 20 years with staff and building and program and vision, it's all been for the sake of the future for the next hundred years. So keep up the good work, folks. You know I love you, and I know you love me. And uh, I'll be going to church someplace else. Laguna de Gal's open. <laughs> In fact, I got a date in July if you want to preach, Jerry. <laughs> Okay. Anything else? Any other questions? <laughs> Any other questions about the Boundaries Covenant? Thanks, folks. Your session has identified and empowered a, a really tremendously well-gifted team of church members to discern and then to recommend to the session. The interim that will lead you from Jerry's departure to your new pastor's arrival. I want to make sure that you know who they are so that you can suggest as many names as possible to to us in the interim process. Um, when I say your name, if you wouldn't mind standing up if you're here, Gus Altazara, Lorna Cohen, Virginia Grogan, I'm sure is standing up in Costa Rica, but she's not here. Elle Hathaway is, is out because of a health issue. Ed Sauls and Lindsey Williams. 
There we go. Again, folks, these are, these are, this is your interim search team, and I, and I urge you to be in prayer for them. This is a big task, and they are working very, very hard. Um, they've been well-selected, but again, I, I'm sure they covet your prayer, so please be in prayer for them. Thanks, folks. I think that we have concluded the business of the morning. Um, again, I am happy to stay as late or at least until 4 o'clock as, as you have questions. Um, otherwise, I think we have completed our work. Jerry? I'm sorry, what? Oh, sure, Gus. You know, I just want to uh, take a minute to express our gratitude to Pastor Jim. Uh, we have met uh, five or six times in the last few weeks, and uh, this is a difficult job, but we have an extremely capable pastor that is going to guide us through this process. So I just can't thank him enough. I know that uh, our committee... Uh, that has been meeting with him feels the same way, and so we are very blessed to have him with us. Thank you. We are going to conclude the, the meeting with prayer. Let's pray together. Almighty God, you who hold the entire cosmos in your hands, you the one who sets the order and path of the sun, moon, and stars, yet still you know us, you love us, and you are intimately equated with the conditions of our hearts. We thank you for that love and for your providential attention and care. Lord God, this wonderful church enters a new season of life and ministry, one that it has experienced only twice in its 100-year history, the preparation for a new senior pastor. Lord, we know that just as you were faithful in raising up Jerry for this church, so also you will raise up a new servant to provide leadership and care for Laguna Presbyterian Church. Lord God, help us to trust in that care. Help us to walk this interim period with faithfulness and confidence, believing that out of this process, a new leader will arise. And Lord God, as we ask for help in walking into the future, let us do so with hearts full of gratitude for Jerry Kay and his entire family. Help us to love them well in this season and the next. Lord God, we love you, we praise you, and we trust you. Amen. As you know from previous experience, we can't have a congregational meeting without an offering. So would the ushers please come and we'll receive the morning offering.
Eternal God, most holy Father, you never fail to give us each day all that we ever need and even more. Give us such joy in living in such peace and serving Christ that we may gratefully make use of all of your blessings and joyfully seek our risen Lord in every one we meet. Open our eyes to see your hand at work. Help us to be thankful for the gifts that you have blessed us with and to share your blessings with others. We give you thanks for our church, for the ways that we are built up in our faith, provided with community and centeredness, taught and empowered by your word, held accountable to your truth, offered ways to serve others, but most of all, guided in the worship of Jesus Christ, our Savior, Lord, and God. We entrust these tithes and offerings to you and seek your blessing upon them to bring glory to you and to your Son, Jesus Christ the one who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. 
Amen. God so loved the world that he gave his only Son, so that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. In life and in death we belong to God. Through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit. Go in peace. I would ask Jim to be in the patio here. Let's get some coffee. Welcome him. And uh, I'll be at the back door. So God bless you.